Rejection most times is the redirection we need to unlock our truest potential. Life puts us in some uncomfortable and unexpected situations despite our efforts and plans. So how do we look at failures as opportunities? How do we deal with life's uncertainties, identify some losses as wins, all while not labeling ourselves as total losers or failures? You'll find out right here on Redirection with Terry Carell. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Redirection with Terry Carell, the podcast. I'm so proud of this passion project, and I'm going to tell you why if it's the very first time you are stumbling across it. It's because I have the privilege and the honor to speak with different kinds of people, different backgrounds, different walks of life, different ages that share their stories just so openly and honestly with the hopes that in sharing their stories of redirection and having to navigate and figure out life, that somehow they can help you along your journey and your life. Um, this podcast is brought to you by MasterCard in association with Heineken 00. And I really want to thank all of my partners and my sponsors who believed in this dream and has decided to support. A huge shout out to Toyota Jamaica for facilitating sign language and we have Tony Aiken, who is our facilitator, our sign language interpreter. Um, this has been uh, an amazing journey for me, simply because I learn more about myself as I get to speak with these guests. And so I am Terry Carell. You can find me at Terry Carell across all social media platforms. If you'd like to find out more about me, go ahead and um, visit my website, terrycarell.com. If there's anybody you know who has an amazing redirection story that you think other people should hear or a story that you think will resonate, again, you can go visit my website and send me an email. No, we want these conversations to continue way after our guest has left. And in order to do that, go ahead and use the hashtag TK Redirection. So the question is, who next is coming to the redirection seat? I promise you a chance encounter with this young lady is the reason why she is going to be in the seat Born with a particular condition and having to navigate how mean society can be, how mean communities can be, and having to realize that the validation she needed was the validation that she would have to find from within. She finds that power. She redirects how she looks at herself and her value and her worth. And now she is an author, communication specialist, and she's, so, and she's so much more. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so happy to welcome the beautiful, the amazing Kristen McKenzie in the Redirection Seat. Season two of the Redirection with Terry Carell podcast is brought to you by MasterCard in association with Heineken 00. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Terry. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, first of all, can we just talk about the colors? The <laughs> black and white? I mean, they say that great <laughs> minds think alike or fools seldom different. I'm going to go with the great minds. Great minds think alike. Think That's alike. Um, how are you? I'm good. A little bit under the weather, but I'm good. Thank you for being here and I, thank you for pushing through. Mm -hmm. um, I really want to have this discussion with you. I met you in 2021, mm -hmm. you know, just briefly yes. passing through my daughter's school. Mm -hmm. And then I had the opportunity of, of meeting you at the Toyota Coffee House, yes. where you uh, gifted me your book. And I think that was my very first opportunity to learn Mm. about you so first of all i want you to tell my viewers and my listeners about 
your book and why you thought that was important. And please tell us the name of your book. Sure. <laughs> well, the name of my book is God's Exotic, Exotic Masterpiece, Born to Stand Out. Mm-hmm. And it's about my journey of self-discovery, living with Cruzan syndrome. Mm-hmm. And what Cruzan is, it's a genetic condition. They call it disorder, but I call it a condition mm-hmm. that where the bones in my skull were fused too early in life or yeah. too early. And it caused me to have abnormal features. Mm-hmm. So my mid-face was flatter than it is. Um, I had more protruding eyes. I had um, my upper jaw was more pushed back. Uh, outer, and my lo- lower jaw was more forward. So everything was sort of out of alignment yes. for me. And coupled with that, I think society is not as understanding towards people with differences yes. and facial differences like that. So I went through a lot of teasing and ridicule over the smallest things. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, even the biggest thing for me, I was pushed in a bathroom at eight years old just because I wanted to use it. A typical bodily function that people go through. Yes. I could not just normally walk into a bathroom like everybody else. They said that I, had, I was too ugly to use the bathroom. You're kidding. And they had to push me in. And I ended up <clears throat> urinating right there on the floor. Because I put, they pushed me in, I fell down, and I had to just urinate right there. Wow. Um, first of all, I'm extremely sorry to hear that. And um, it is sad and I'm not even shocked. Mm-hmm. Because we have members of the deaf community. Mm-hmm. who have issues. We have um, members who have to use wheelchairs who are also bullied. So we, mm-hmm. how you said that uh, persons with differences are the ones who society often ostracizes. Mm-hmm. Um, I want us to take it back to Kristen, little Kristen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want, if you can remember the very first time you realized that you were different, was it something that you realized for yourself mm-hmm. or was it that you heard or you got accustomed to people telling you you are different? Well, when I realized, I looked at my siblings and I said, how come their eyes are not as big? Mm-hmm. How come their jaws were, they could smile normally, unlike myself. You could see their teeth when they smiled. Mm-hmm. And that's what started it for me. But then when, I start, when people started to treat me differently, mm-hmm. that was when I knew, okay, I'm not normal or Mm -hmm. I'm not like everybody else Mm -hmm. so that's what and then but coupled with that with Cruzon is not just the facial I could not breathe at night I had sleep apnea from I was about a couple months nearly one year old yes and I my nasal passage was very narrow I could not breathe so I had fits as a child, fevers, everything. So we're talking about health conditions came along. Along with, with, with the, the with, emotional with aspects that I had to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Talk to me about um, parenting in terms of your parents because mm-hmm. it must be challenging and it must be difficult even for some parents to understand mm-hmm. that they may have a child that is different. And this is a mm-hmm. child who's going to grow up within church communities, school communities, society mm-hmm. in general. This, this child will have to somehow become an adult. Mm-hmm. We have to move into professional spaces. We're not even going to talk about even relationships and, and love. Mm-hmm. How did your parents deal with the fact that you had this condition? 
well, they dealt with the medical aspect of it. Mm -hmm. The emotional side of it, they tried to, but because I kept everything in, mm -hmm. everything, every bully, every ridicule, every tea, everywhere I was taunted, I kept it within me mm -hmm. because I said, they, are, they have too much on their plate. Mm -hmm. So I said, let me keep that part to myself and try to deal with it so that they don't have to deal with because they had a lot to deal with in addition to yeah. their own lives. They yeah. had to work. They had my siblings to take care of. They had their own issue, their own personal life to deal with. So they did. And you made this decision at what age? What age were you saying, let me... When I was pushed into the bathroom, I said I didn't want to tell them. Because mm. I didn't want that heavy weight on them anymore. I wanted to shield them from it as best as I could. Do you think they still knew it existed even though you didn't tell them? They knew because my mother would ask. But when I would tell her no, she didn't want to, to pry. She kind of just wanted to, she just thought that I was honest enough. Mm -hmm. So she I left it there. Left it there. But she, we have, even to this day, we have an incredible relationship where mm -hmm. she, she's open enough to hear, to listen to me. We have an open space where we talk about everything that we're going through. Mm -hmm. But I said, you know what? I want to keep this to myself. Because they're dealing with too much. Yeah. Because I, even with sleep apnea, they had to... Because with sleep apnea, they didn't want me to sleep away. So they would take turns every night wow. waking me up and say, Kristen, are you, are you okay? okay? And so they didn't get sleep. Hmm. I didn't get eight hours of sleep that typical children would get. How about the relationship with your siblings? Were they understanding? Because, I mean, they also are a part of the the ecosystem right of, mm -hmm. of family did they understand and did they often either witness or did you even confide in maybe one of your siblings with regards to your, your, your the... actually i didn't confide in them but they were very protective especially my brother he would not want anyone to stare at me for too long mm -hmm. he would be like a bodyguard so to speak and yes. say hey why are you looking at her like that and he would want to jump down their throats and say you know what she is the way she is Get but over she's it. an incredible sister. She's a perfect sister at the end of the day. How did my that, older brother. <laughs> how did that make you feel? It felt, um, felt I felt a little bit timid. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I can't stand up for myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, um, I'm like, why I had to have this, this life and he didn't. Mm. He could walk around normally, but I had to be protected. Yeah. So give us an idea for my viewers and my listeners, give us an idea of, of how, how people ridiculed you, what you had to deal with at school that you did not share with your parents. Give us some examples. Well, one example, well, one of the many, <laughs> mm -hmm. is I remember for my graduation photo, I got all dolled up, yes. ready to take it. Um, I did my hair in a particular, like a different style, because I, I was normally the person with, just one. I just mm -hmm. put my hair in one. But I said, for this one, I wanted curls. So I remember going to school the day of the, the photo that they took at school. And I remember just drinking. I was at the water cooler. And someone literally pulled my hair, pulled out the curls, and said, these curls don't make you any better than how you are. You're still ugly, no matter what. How did I, you... <coughs> 
honestly, Kristen, I mean, you're very calm. You know, you, you know, you're telling the story calmly. And I'm trying to think of how, how you felt having to get up every day mm-hmm. to go to an environment where you didn't know. And this is not just verbal. It's also physical. Physical, yes. This is not just, you know, eh, you're ugly, which also leaves emotional scars. But it's the mm-hmm. fact that you could end up in a physical altercation, not because you want to, but because mm-hmm. people felt it was their right mm-hmm. to treat you in a manner that was not, was not right. Yes. How, how did you manage to go through school? You were passing, you were getting good grades, you mm-hmm. were, how? I mean, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't easy. Because um, even in that instance, I was like, ah, and I love my hair, or it was. And here it is, my self-esteem was shot. And even because I, well, I went through surgery mm-hmm. and it was a 12-hour surgery and I had to take time off from school. And when I returned to school, and it's a title in my book, what I call Big Difference is a Change. Yes. And I remember returning to school in November and I thought that things would have been better because I felt better about myself, at least a little bit. Um, and I remember the first word that they called me was a doppy. As a Christian, you look like a doppy. And I'm like, my parents spent $1.8 million for me to look like a doppy. Wow. <laughs> but I mean, the biggest thing was I was happy that my health had improved. Yeah. I knew what it was now to sleep through a night. Yeah. To sleep eight hours a day, to sleep eight hours at night. So here it is, you feel better. You're mm-hmm. sleeping better. Mm-hmm. You feel healthier. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really matter didn't. to those around you. And I mean, because it was a big difference in me, but a little difference in society. What yeah. about your, a best friend, a bestie, a ride or die, a charge? <laughs> Did you ever make or meet someone who you could consider a bestie who, who was there with you through school? Well, actually, well, my best friend, she has been my friend since we were both. In diapers. Yes. But even her, I couldn't go to. I didn't want it coming back to my parents, ultimately. Mm-hmm. I didn't want them to... Because essentially, she will say, oh, this is too serious for me. This may be too big for me. Let me tell your parents. Mm-hmm. I feared her going back to them and saying that. So I, even from her, I kept it bottled up. Do you regret not telling your parents the extent to which the bullying took place. Do you ever have that moment where you say, hey, you know, maybe things might have gotten better if I had um, advocated and, and told, you know, for myself, mm-hmm. told my parents, told the teachers, told mm-hmm. the principal, told authorities around me? I see, I see that now. Mm-hmm. I knew that what I did was wrong in that sense. But I see it now, the merit in getting help. Yes. I see the merit in voicing how you feel. Because mm-hmm. that's the only way change will come. Because mm-hmm. if people don't know that they're doing something wrong, they won't fix it. Absolutely. And so when it's you... for me to speak up about it and say, look, I was hurt. I was pushed in a bathroom. I was pulled by my hair in order to effect change. Mm-hmm. And, what about, and what about leaving high school? You know, this is the time when we're all looking at, you know, college, university. Mm -hmm. Um, At any time at all, uh, did you ever question whether you'd be able to actually have a job, get a job? Because when you look around, you're seeing how people treat you based on how you look. Mm -hmm. And we also understand that the whole process of 
going into university, that's another space. And then going into the working world, having mm. to interface, do the interview, work with people, customers, front-facing. Mm. Were you ever, you know, what's going through your mind as you're growing? Well, I was happy to be out of the childhood space because mm -hmm. I, I believe that adults would have been a lot more lenient, sympathetic or empathetic. And, um, but I would always try to cover certain features. Mm -hmm. So I remember going into an interview, I always had to wear dark glasses because mm. I didn't, I feared so much that they would stare, yes. even as adults. Yes. And, but it's when I started to get comfortable, I said, okay, I can take it off now. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I'll try to speak highly of myself in order to, for you to not look at me. Mm -hmm. But eventually I, when I learned how to love myself for who I am, for mm -hmm. every scar that I have. Because I still have two scars from the surgeries. Of course. And I still, um, I still remember it every day. But I said, you know what? I am who I am. Mm -hmm. I wasn't born to fit in. I was born to, to stand, stand out. How did you get to this point? How did you get to the point where your eyes are telling you um, that people are staring? Mm -hmm. You already can anticipate when people stop talking the moment you walk into a room, you can already know the kinds of questions they may have. How and when did you get to the point where you said, you know, I'm born to stand out mm -hmm. and I'm God's exotic masterpiece, masterpiece, which is the name of your book. How long did it take you to arrive at that? Well, it took me 27 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it took me going to counseling. And in that counseling, I found God. Hmm. Amen. It's not that I didn't know God before. I always felt like God made a mistake when he made me. Mm -hmm. And I used to think, why did you? So it's not that I didn't know. It's not that I resent. It's, I think I had a little resentment towards God. Mm -hmm. Because the, I always heard that God knows everything before it happens. Yeah. So why? So if why? You knew this? If you knew this, why made me this way? But it was when, during one of the counseling sessions, she, she told me about Psalm 139. And when I read that verse that you're fearfully and wonderfully, wonderfully made, I said, you really didn't make a mistake. Mm -hmm. I am who I am for a purpose. And I remember bawling my eyes out when I read it. And then I just started to get to know God first. I started listening to more gospel. I started reading his word more daily. Mm -hmm. I started going to church more. Yes. And I just started building that foundation and building that relationship with God. And then when I started build, when I started doing that, I started to discover who I was. Mm -hmm. I started to spend time with myself. Because yes. in spending time with God, I spent time with myself. I started to find different things that I loved. Like one of, the, one of my favorite things is to light candles as I pray. Mm -hmm. And I started just doing that every day. And I started to become who I am. I started to be, I started to, when I realized that I was improving and becoming a better version of myself was when I would go on a date by myself and I would enjoy it from start to finish. Really? Because I always would feel like, oh, I have to have people around so that they could be my bodyguards. I would always call my friend and say, hey, follow me here, follow me here, because I wanted that shield. Yes. It was one day I said, you know what, let me go on a date by myself. Let me go eat some sushi by myself. Because yes. sushi is one of my favorite things. My daughter as well. She would absolutely <laughs> love you. Exactly. And I remember just sitting in the restaurant and I feel like 
I don't, I'm not worried about people staring. Mm-hmm. I'm just enjoying myself. And that was when I knew I no longer hide. I no longer exist in the shadows. Yes. I am who I am. Beautiful. When you look at yourself now, you know, what are the words that you use to describe yourself? I use, mm, I would say beautiful. Yes. I would say unique yes. and different. Yes. And I use the word anything can happen. Anything, I can do anything and everything. There is nothing, there's no limits to what I can do anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't look at myself as, oh, I'm just that different girl. Right. I'm the other. I'm, I'm the other, other person. Mm-hmm. I don't look at mm-hmm. myself as the other anymore. I'm just like everybody else. Yes. I'm just as capable, just as um, loving as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Do and you I f- deserve the same respect as everybody else. As you certainly do. Do you find that society has gotten any better? We see, you know, so many campaigns where we're exposed definitely mm-hmm. to so many more messages about loving people, being respectful, mm-hmm. being thoughtful, being mindful, being empathetic, being kind, being compassionate. Mm-hmm. At this point, do you believe that our society has gotten better? I think it has gotten better, but I think that there are ways to go that... Mm-hmm. I think that people need to still know, learn more about every other di- conditions mm-hmm. so that people are more understanding. So that, and it starts with the home. It starts with children mm-hmm. and teaching them that, look, there are people who have impairments, they have disabilities. And only that, there are other facial features as well. Cruzan being one of them. Yes. And, you know, teach them about others. There is... Loop, there is um, sickle cell, there is everything that comes with it. Correct. And it's just about teaching children to be empathetic. That there is going to be someone who doesn't look like you, but they deserve the to right. be treated fairly. Absolutely. Just like you. Absolutely. And talk to me because you are a communication specialist. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about your transition um, into the professional space, you know, and what that has been like for you. Well, it um, because even with this, I'm usually a behind the scenes mm-hmm. kind of person, mm-hmm. but I now have to traverse into different spaces. Yes, and I try to be as bold as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not ne- I sometimes have to talk myself into it, <laughs> but I put myself out there, and I'm not afraid to do that anymore. Do you believe? Um, do you believe that when you try to be bold mm-hmm. and you see yourself in a very positive light? and you speak words of positivity over yourself and you get up every day and you affirm yourself, mm. do you believe that as you continue to do that for yourself, people also do it? Yes. Because they always say, you know, you treat, you treat people how they want. You treat yourself how you want others to treat you. Mm-hmm. And I look, I said, you know, if I carry myself a certain way, that's what is going to attract. They're, that's how... I'm going to attract from people. Mm-hmm. So I try to tell myself that, look, you're going to be, it's going to be a good day. It starts with that. Yes. I'm going to have a good day despite what may happen. Mm-hmm. I'm still beautiful despite what may happen. Absolutely. And that's what I attract each day. I try to attract that each day. Beautiful. Talk to me about um, possible motherhood. You know, it's one of those topics that, People always, well, people always want to assume that you want to be a mother because you have a Mm -hmm. uterus, right? First of all, that's a terrible assumption. (laughs) But 
naturally, um, the question is, have you ever thought about motherhood, what that might look like if you were to ever decide to have a child? Are there concerns? Are there fears? Is there worry? You know, talk to me about that. I mean, there were concerns because it's a 50-50 chance that I may carry, that I may give my child, my child may be born with Cruzon. Mm -hmm. It's a 100% chance if I have a partner with Cruzon, mm -hmm. but a 50-50 chance if he doesn't have it. Mm. And it's a concern sometimes because I wonder, okay, if I went through this, how different would my child be? Yeah. And then not only the emotional side of it, but there's also the medical. Yes. I have to be financially equipped to deal with the medical expenses, to deal with the surgeries that they may, that may come. And talk to me about the, that. I mean, as in, I, I didn't mean to cut you, but you, you bring up a very good point because mm -hmm. you had said that you have the mild, mm -hmm. you're, you're on the milder side mm -hmm. of, of, of cruise on, but then we know that we have um, individuals who are born mm -hmm. with a very extreme, mm -hmm. um, extreme manifestations. Just how expensive can it be from a health perspective? Well, for those... With the ones who are born with more severe, they have to do different sur multiple surgeries. Mm. I had to do, I did one, and I, I was to do one, a second one when I stopped drawing. Mm. And that alone at the time, which was 2002, it was almost $2 million. So imagine today what medical, how advanced medical is and how much the cost is. So that you're looking at multiple operations, multiple doctors' visits, multiple surgeries. Does insurance cover those things? I mean, I don't. Well, it know. covered at the time. Okay. I hope they cover it now. Right. So you're saying that if you were to consider motherhood, you're you're mm -hmm. also thinking about the financial, the financial aspect of it. Yes. Wow. And I mean, because it's not just the surgery. The surgery is one thing, but there's also I had to get orthodontic treatment, mm -hmm. and I had braces in for eight years. So for how many years? <laughs> for eight. Eight years, yes. Wow. In order to correct everything that I... And so it's a monthly payment for eight years. Right. Wow. And mm. that is a process. Yes. So it is always going to be a risk. Yes. Um, is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And un un unfortunately, so for example, we were, we were talking off the air and, you know, I was saying to her that I can know, for example, if my, my partner has sickle cell, the sickle cell mm -hmm. trait, but you may not necessarily, no. or you will never mm -hmm. know if your partner carries the trait or not until after mm -hmm. the baby the baby is born. Yes. Is there a community? Um, you know, for example, there are always these co communities. So for lupus, there's a community mm -hmm. of persons who are lupus warriors. For breast cancer, you know, you have your communities. For persons with Cruzon, have you found a community where persons with Cruzon can actually relate to each other, help each other direct help navigate? I haven't found locally, but there is a mm. Facebook group that I'm a part of. But they're more international mm -hmm. patients mm -hmm. where they share their stories. I've, I've been able to share mine. And, you know, they ask for like a tip, tips here and there. Mm -hmm. So, but I haven't found anyone locally yet. Hmm. Was there ever a moment in your life where you just thought, it doesn't make any sense? Like, I'm absolutely unhappy was there ever a moment in, in your life where you thought that it was definitely going to break you, what people said, what people did? And if you had a moment, what was it? Well, there was a moment it actually broke me in pieces. Was, and I actually wanted to commit suicide mm. because 
I assumed right then and there that I would never change and people with society would never change. So I wanted to, I had a, went as far as to pick up a knife in order to slip my wrist and to just bleed out on the floor. But what? thankfully my aunt intervened at that point. Really? And my father and my parents came and I said, that was when I, they kind of stopped me in my tracks, so to speak. But it's from then I tried to give life a second chance mm -hmm. in hopes that things would be better down the road. Mm -hmm. But it did, you know. And then why it brought me as well is because I didn't say anything. Yeah, and is this, I kept is, was everything this, Was this the accumulation of everything that had been happening or was there this one catalyst or this one particular trigger mm -hmm. that, that made you feel this way on this well, day? Well, it was the accumulation because... I wanted to commit suicide at 19. So it was everything leading up to Jeez, that, that day. That's a lot, baby girl. And then because I didn't say anything, I didn't tell anyone at all. Because I even, I had siblings, I had the parents who were very supportive. I had friends who are like family that I could have said something, but I opted not to. Mm -hmm. And that, I would say, it did more harm than good. Than good. Mm. <sighs> what have you learned the most? What is the biggest lesson you've learned on this journey so far? You're still super young. Mm -hmm. You still have so I mean, many years. I mean, 30s not that young. Yeah. <laughs> then, then, Kristen, if you can come from Russia and tell me, say, 30s is not that 30s young. Not then that what that you young. about me? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the biggest lesson you've learned so far? Um, my biggest lesson, I would say, that life changes mm -hmm. every now and again. And... I have to be, just be the best version of myself. Yeah. No matter what that looks like to others. Mm. So if I'm goofy, if I'm funny, whatever that looks like to others, it's fine. As long as it's important to mm. me and to God, that's the most important thing. That's beautiful. Mm. Um, what moment when you close your eyes and you put your head back mm. brings you the most um, joy and happiness? Has there been a moment or a memory that you can always say, that's a priceless moment for me? And what? why? Mm. Honestly, the day I wrote my book, <laughs> the day I published. Yes. Because it felt like this is why everything happened. And this is my, like a part of my ultimate purpose in life. Mm -hmm. And it felt like, it felt like a release to finally release everything that I've gone through and in hopes of it being motivating for someone else and encouraging for someone else. And what has the review, what have, what have the reviews been like? Well, I've, I've read the book and it's, it's lovely. Um, mm -hmm. I thought you were extremely honest and open and transparent and mm -hmm. I can see why telling your story could help and not just help other people who have uh, crews on, but people who have differences, people mm -hmm. who feel isolated, who mm -hmm. feel as if they don't belong. I think your book has um, fantastic mm -hmm. nuggets yeah. um, based on your story. So what have the reviews been like for you? Well, they have been good. They have been positive. Um, one of the main things I've heard, they call it a page turner. Mm. They always keep reading. But the biggest thing that came from my book was that it opened the window for people to apologize mm. it has opened the door for people to say you know what Kristen I'm sorry for what I did and for me I'm able to say I forgive you mm. and that anger 
and a release of the anger and that hate that I had from people who had treated me unfairly. Mm-hmm. And that's, what I, that's something that I've never anticipated, but I'm very grateful for. Absolutely. And I think, I think it, it just goes, kind of goes to show that the importance of forgiveness and how it mm-hmm. allows you to yeah. leave your baggage and your burden behind. Mm-hmm. And that and will allow go. you to let go so mm-hmm. that you can now move Because, I mean, they always say forgiveness is not for them. It's for you. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Mm-hmm. I'm able to let go and fully move forward in who I am rather than harboring all of this hate and anger towards people who don't take the time who is a waste of time for them. They are living their lives. Why should I cloud mine with hate and anger? Absolutely. And I think um, as I've gotten older, what I've come to realize is that, you know, bullies and people who take out their anger and people who go out of their way to be mean to people Mm. really are just projecting their insecurities. Yeah. Um, And that they have a problem with things that they don't understand. Mm. They have a problem with things that they don't try to understand. And so they decide to act out in whatever way they think Mm. They need to. And so I think the mere fact that your book allowed the people who choose to be mature enough Mm. because it takes a level of maturity and Mm. acknowledgement and accountability Mm. for persons to say, my bad, I am truly sorry. Sorry, And for you to say, Mm. And they even see because there's a girl in particular who she apologized. And one of the things she said, I said, I know I have an autistic child. And I said, I hope that she doesn't deal with the same things that you dealt with and how and she doesn't come across someone like her who treated me like that. Hmm. That's actually very, very, very profound. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, my question to you. No, well, no, let me juki in one question. <laughs> one more question before my last question. Okay. When can we expect another book from you? Ah. <laughs> or I'm hoping that there's another book in the works. Well, I've been, I've started writing the children's book. Nice. But, um, you know, it's one thing is to find the illustrator and all of that. Mm-hmm. So it's a process. I will, I will, I will, I can give you two names okay. um, of amazing um, illustrators mm-hmm. who have a lot of experience in mm-hmm. it. And, and I think would do, uh, we will compliment, compliment your work okay. very, very well. So I will absolutely share that with you. And of course, you can go through, go through your process. My final question to you, therefore, is what's your definition of redirection, especially as it applied to your life? Mm-hmm. Well, my, well, if someone were to say to me a few years ago that I would have given my life to God, mm-hmm. I would say, you're crazy. Because <laughs> even though I grew up in an Anglican church, Anglican family, I never really followed. Yes. But I, once I got to know God all over again for myself, I fell in love with God. So I think of redirection as you never know what course life may take you. And it's a matter of, I'm not saying that you can't make your plans, but be open to change. Mm-hmm. Be open to the fact that you may think that you're going down one more road, but life may take you on another. That could be even better than where your you final planned. destination was going. Mm. And I'm open to it. I look forward to it. And I look forward to where life redirects me to one way or another. I love that. Thank you. Um, Christian, thank you so very much. Thank, thank you. you for having me. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being bold. Thank you for betting on yourself. Mm-hmm. I think, um, unfortunately, in this world, we have people who 
put their mouth on people mm-hmm. and do everything in their power to to break them yes and a lot and certainly a lot of times people say things and they behave in a manner and they do not realize how much it harms and how much it hurts yes. and how much it damages and unfortunately too many amazing people have left this world prematurely mm-hmm. because of how we treat people and so the whole idea of sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never know no, they both they do both and so um it's my hope that you know by having yourself and and other persons who are different mm-hmm. that it will open up the conversation for us as adults to understand our role mm-hmm. in society yes. um as as parents our responsibility to our children mm-hmm. so that we will now grow global citizens mm-hmm. and to grow children who are compassionate yes. and thoughtful when they come across another child mm-hmm. who might have cruise on or any other type of condition that mm-hmm. is my hope yes. for not just Jamaica but for the region and the world yes and so um i truly want to thank you and i'm very happy for the day that you decided to introduce yourself to me mm-hmm. through your book because yes. then i learned so much more mm-hmm. so thank you thank you for being in the redirection seat. thank you for having me my goodness so guys thank you so very much for for tuning in thank you for making it redirection with Terry Carell i certainly hope that there was something that Kristen said or shared that made you either look within yourself to ask yourself you know could i have been kinder to someone am i being thoughtful am i being mindful in what i say and in what i do as it relates to other people um hopefully it will cause us to to think about how it is we intentionally parent and how we intentionally raise our children are they compassionate do they understand what it is to to have other people with differences in this world and that it's okay not to know all of them but it is more important to treat everyone who you come into contact with respect if there's any particular nugget or gem or takeaway that resonated the most with you go ahead drop it in the comments um let us know what you what you thought and most importantly share it especially an episode such as this share it so that we can continue to educate and sensitize other communities so that we can spread the the kindness and the awareness so again thank you so very much continue to use the hashtag tk redirection and i will see you next week thanks to our partners mastercard heineken 00 toyota jamaica spaces commercial concepts breche beauty brands by mds and go shore courier